welcome everyone to Faces and Feels episode three or six. <laughs> so I haven't decided on releasing anything else, so I guess I'll stop talking about numbers. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, thanks for listening to that little bit of an intro. I tried to run it for 30 seconds, so if you never want to hear it again, you can just hit the skip button conveniently in any podcast app and jump straight to me talking. <laughs> See that? I thought about that. I'm starting to think about these things now and it's becoming a real thing. The most considerate wrestling podcast around. Yeah, exactly. And if you're not grateful, too bad. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so you're on the list. I can't believe we've immediately <laughs> started telling people to go fuck themselves. So we're very sorry. I am telling people to Do go fuck themselves. Do we restart immediately? Oh, I wouldn't. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Go fuck yourself. It's your, pod- right. it's your podcast. Yeah, it's okay. It's, it's my podcast. It's fine. So uh, welcome, everybody. Thank you for, for coming on board. I am here. I am Raf Houston. Uh, <laughs> the incredible Travis has come to join me again. And today we are going to talk about ICW No Holds Barred. Volume 3, a little bit of Volume 2, just general talk because these kind of shows are the first real like big deathmatch shows back. And so I have made Travis watch them Um, here in Australia. uh, We can get it live on IWTV, but we're in a very different part of the world. So I was waking up at 8am to watch people hit each other with glass uh, about... Well, what time was it when I messaged you <laughs> that the Sandman had appeared oh, and <laughs> that eight, he was coming eight, for eight thirty this morning or yeah, something? Yeah. Yeah. And so then Travis ended up watching it live as well because uh, in a previous episode we were talking some shit about the Sandman, oh, and coming. then he made his big return at <laughs> He's coming for us. Yeah, so uh, we worked the, we worked yeah, the beast. Yeah, exactly. We brought him back uh, from retirement. You're welcome, <laughs> <laughs> or or not. So anyway, happy Independence Day, I guess, to anybody in America. Happy and Indie Day. Yeah, I was. Yeah, Indie Day. Yeah, Independent Wrestling TV Day. Oh shit! Oh shit! We are talking some shit today, but that's okay. <laughs> we have just cracked a beer, so I'm sure it will get worse as time goes by. So much worse. Um. So, Travis, how did you find it? <clears throat> this is this has been your first. Uh, we I've been slowly getting you into a bit more deathmatch stuff. This is not stuff we're going to be talking about all the time, but I've just been kind of interested in getting your opinion of it and there are some new hot shows happening right now. So I just want yeah. to see how you're feeling about it all. Well, yeah, I guess I've been dipping my toes in everything that's been out since I left. I've had you watching everything. It's game, kind yeah. of hard to, hard to keep up with everything. I've watched GCW. I've been watching AEW. I've watched some New Japan. Now I'm watching this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm ambivalent. Okay. I think yeah. is uh is where I'm sitting. So all right, so all like uh like I think I've said in the on the podcast before, my exposure to death matches has been limited to like the hardcore style mm-hmm. WCW and WWE matches, which are so far away from what this is. Like it's not even the same thing anymore. Um Well the exact thing you said to me was why? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like Rafe Rafe called me when we were driving here and uh and I'm just sitting there, and he's like, "Oh, so what do you reckon?" And I was kind of like, "What's the point?" Like, all right, so I don't. I know there's a lot of. Um, all right, so this is me. I I don't have any horse in this race. I don't dislike death matches. I don't really love them either. I liked. Uh, I was it Akira versus Tremont. Yeah, Tremont. Tremont. Yeah, Matt Tremont. That was cool because there's a lot of. Uh, there seems to be a lot more storytelling in that match. You were feeling um, the feels at the end of that. Yeah, match. it was cool. Yeah. Like I literally. What the fuck was that? <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's my laptop uh, popping off about something. 
Oh, you haven't updated it. Yeah, I, I guess somebody liked something on Facebook. I'm not even sure why that's turned on. Anyway, as you were, Travis. <laughs> Someone liked my opinion on the Akira versus Yeah, Tremont maybe match. that was somebody liking this live. It was Tremont, wasn't it? Mm. <laughs> or was it Akira? Um, <laughs> all right, so yeah, so I like that match because it's, uh, I guess, it's like the slight more actual wrestling tinge to it, I guess. Well, more, it was more a pro wrestling match. Yeah. yeah. There was a lot of like full-on shit going mm-hmm. on as well, but... Excuse me. <laughs> that big oh, kick no. it in. My apologies, listeners. <laughs> maybe I'll edit that out. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> All right, cut back in. Yeah. Now. <laughs> all righty. If all goes well, you don't know why we just laughed. All right. So a bit more storytelling in Akira versus Tremont. Um, what else was it? So I came in, I started watching it this morning uh, during uh, Eric Young. No. Eric, Eric Ryan, Ryan and uh, the other bald beard. Ocean. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, Alex Ocean. A- Alex Ocean. Mm-hmm. So I came in watching that one. And um, I don't know. I came in halfway through the match. It was already mostly done by the time I got there. My internet was cutting out nonstop because my phone's a piece of shit. Um, but no, I, it was cool, but didn't really tick any major boxes for me. You were like, why are these two tattooed, bald-bearded guys? Oh, why is everyone in uh, the deathmatch scene just bald and bearded? Because it looks cool. I, That's like, what... I don't know who anyone is. Um, all right, no, so that one that one I thought was okay, but like I came in halfway through, so I don't know. It's whatever. Uh, I think the very next one was Casanova versus... Uh, not justice. Um, yeah, it's Matt Justice. Matt Justice. So tell me a little bit about that because I also had to drop out briefly. Yeah. I, I really enjoy Casanova's See, stuff, I, and I, I missed the start of the match. So I what, liked, what happened? There? I liked it. Um, so uh, they just come out. Uh, they're talking sh- talking shit for it to each other for a little bit. Uh, justice on the mic starts, or just like kind of just yelling, yelling yeah. shit at each other. Mm-hmm. I think the fans yelling shit at it at the wrestlers as well, and the wrestlers actually acknowledging it, which yeah. Uh, I guess that's an indie thing. Like yeah. you watch WWE, no one gives a shit about what the fans. Well, they did. Um, Eddie Kingston did that earlier in a match. So he was having going to have a talk after the match, mm. or saying something. And some guy like started popping off, and he was literally like, "What you need to understand, you little cunt, <laughs> is that this isn't a federation. There's no security here." I'm a real motherfucker. I'll get in that crowd and I'll pop your eye out of your head. <laughs> is literally what he said. And then he proceeded to call out uh, who who were the three he called out. He called out Zack Sabre Jr. because they were supposed to have a match in, in England and he said he'd break him in half. He called out Cody Rhodes uh, for Cody the TNT Championship. Yeah. Getting called out a lot. He called him a fake teeth, fake hair having motherfucker <laughs> and said that his friends that help him run the company like him better than Cody. Uh, and then he also said, uh, he also called out Nick Aldis from the NWA saying that he's hanging on to the only real championship in wrestling and that he should be the real champion because he is the realest motherfucker around, basically. <laughs> so popping off a lot of shit. It was, uh, it was pretty great. And that fan continued to talk shit and he's lucky he didn't get Wasted because he's from the Bronx, I believe it oh. is. <laughs> it's yeah, oh no, oh no, what's that? Just bumping shit. Oh, okay, all right, so all right, so anyway, uh, so they're just kind of going at each other. Um, Justice starts up on top of one of the little 
turnbuckle platforms. Little platforms. Which was, yeah. holy shit, like, who the fuck thought that was a good idea? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> no <laughs> turnbuckles. They're very hard to get up onto, like, with I know, those yeah. chains. They look harder to get up to onto than just a normal turnbuckle. Mm-hmm. No, ter- no turnbuckles to begin with. I'm like, this entire ring was designed to hurt people. And yeah. I guess that's kind of the point. Like, it is. It's <laughs> changed. There's random turnbuckles. Uh, fucking not turnbuckles. There's random platforms just lying around. Uh, the only matches I've ever seen where I think the ring is more dangerous than the outside of the ring with how much light <laughs> tube shit is around. It is. It's hard for the wrestlers to even get in it, to be oh, honest. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, like, what the fuck does the ref do? Like, when he needs to jump in for the pin, does he just go... I guess I'm jumping like belly yeah, first. Yeah, that's why they're all wearing glass. gloves and stuff there. But like in No Holds Barred, they're only there to award the winner really and count the pin or, or like end it. Though we did see a ma- match that ended in stoppage. So. Yeah, that was pretty... Well, that was the first one where he's just... Uh, I was like, is that... Oh, yeah, that actually was it. That was that Ocean was, and Eric yeah. Ryan. And that was a pretty cool ending actually. Yeah, I was I like, is that how it's supposed to end? Or did the guy, did he just get pissed off and be like, fuck you, I'm ending this? Maybe. Yeah. I, I'm assuming he's more professional than that. Yeah, and they I planned so. that spot. And I, I was like, so. that, that still looks pretty fucking... Maybe it wasn't supposed to end there yeah. and that was just a spot and it... I, I, I think it, I think it probably was because that guy, Ocean, his whole thing is like... Ocean can't die. Mm. He had like, I believe he'd injured his neck. He calls himself the neck break kid as well. He'd oh, like yeah. literally broken his neck and he'd come back from it and stuff. So he's like, nobody can kill me. And yeah. so that was Eric Ryan uh, doing his best to kill him by putting tubes on his head and then kicking them into his head and then, until and then the referee the stopped it. back up and kicking the same tube multiple times. Yeah. I wondered that a couple of times. I was like, man, all, all these broken tubes, there's a lot of sharp edges around and no one's using them mm. as a joke to myself. And then, uh, and then people start using <laughs> stabbing people so in the You're heads. already getting the deathmatch mind. You're already thinking yeah. of creative ways to hurt other people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Casanova anyway, and... <laughs> so Casanova, right. yeah. So, uh, yeah, so then they're running around, um, beating the shit out of each other. I think um, like Justice seemed to be on the attacking, like on the leading foot for most of the match, I think. Uh, I can't be 100% certain because my internet kept dropping out multiple times. Yeah. Uh, he did a uh, splash through a table off the back of a Ford all drive <laughs> that was in the crowd. <laughs> like I think the fan was sitting on top of the car and he just jumps up on their car and does a splash. Some dude got a heap of blood over someone's car and he was like, sorry, whoever's car this is. Yeah. <laughs> then, then a guy in the crowd goes, fuck that car up. <laughs> Probably the owner of yeah, it. Of the car, yeah. yeah. Um, wow. But then, uh, oh yeah, so then he, he right, so the part you missed that I was annoyed by and it's all in the match, like, yeah, like yeah. it's the story. Yeah. Uh, the chick with Casanova pulls, like, because he, so he does the splash through a table, Riley Madison, throws okay. him, yeah, throws him back in the ring. Mm-hmm. He has the three, like it's done. He's, it's Casanova's done. Ref is, ref has to run back into the ring. He's halfway inside the ring. One, two, pulled back out of the ring. Oh, by that's a nice one. That's, this and is then, why uh, you have a valet. Yeah, this is, <laughs> and this is what I was talking to you. Yeah. I was like, fuck this bitch. <laughs> So she's by the, so by this point you're right on on side with uh, Thrash Justice himself, Matt, oh, Matt Justice, and so yeah. you're you're on his side. Yeah, yeah, he's chasing her around the ring, uh-huh. and I'm like, yeah, you get that bitch, you equality. Give, okay. her some, give her some punches too. All right, okay, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> it is pro wrestling, so yeah. we'll let it fly. No, so, right, so he chases he chases her around, does the whole thing where they do the, the loop around the mat. Uh-huh. She runs into the ring instead of just running back. She turns around, gets on her knees, and goes. Please don't, please don't. Gets up and slaps him in the face. Uh-huh. He gets her up into a fireman's carry and she starts screaming. And I'm just like, just take just take it. 
just take the hit. <laughs> no, but then uh, I take it at that time, Hero yeah, Casanova, Casanova comes Valentine, in and uh, says, and, and uh, just pulls out so, the fireman's character. So this is a that, that's actually kind of interesting, right? So it was it the, sounds... the main thing that annoyed me was just her scream. It was very shrill. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, please. I did hear her talking work. shit later in the match, but what I kind of saw throughout what I saw of that match, and from what you're saying, who the and this is kind of the thing with a lot of independent wrestling. Who is the face and who is the heel or who is the good guy and who is the bad guy? See, really swaps around a bunch yeah. because it sounds like at the start it was very even. Cass was kind of like the bad guy because those yeah. are like heelish, cheaty stuff that his valet is doing. Yeah. And then he's getting the better of Matt, but then Matt's mate, uh, the one called Manders, attacks yeah. from the second gear crew They and then they gang up on him and then you're like, Okay, so the second gear crew are the bad guys now because they're cheating to win. And then you're like, okay, then. And then Schlack's music hits, and then Schlack comes out, but the second gear crew are gone. He's not coming to wrestle Casanova Valentine. He's coming to scare him off, I guess, because he's about to. No, it's not even because he's going to wrestle. He just comes out to scare him <laughs> off. And then another music hits, and then Homicide comes out, and then they talk about the next pay per view where they're going to verse each other, which is cool, but I'm like, so is this match still going on? who's the good guy and who's the bad guy? And are these guys wrestling or what? <laughs> See, I, I missed all of this because uh, you, you I, I, got, out. I got hit by a massive buffering thing. I don't know how, I don't know what time frame that took place over, but I missed all like of Like one that. minute. Like it, <laughs> it was like, like running through pretty cool. And I was like, yeah, Mandis, that's sick. But like, yeah, it was... But he was, I get, he I, was on the GCW thing. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, they often will share a few, few things, a uh, few wrestlers and stuff because... Danny D'Amato, who runs or owns ICW, uh, used to work with GCW. So he started his own thing, but he's got guys and stuff that are still, you know, he's cool with and mm. are good wrestlers and stuff. But that, yeah, actually, that, so that's a good that's a good transition now for me to to kind of elaborate so, yeah, so on. Yeah, what yeah, I was that, gonna, that kind uh-huh. of anyway, that match finishes. Yeah, so yeah, I don't uh-huh. even remember how it finishes, mm-hmm. but that was pretty much it. I, yeah, I dug that match, and then the rest of them, like Akira versus Tremont, good. Yeah. Um, Gage, but or what was it? Um, who were the two guys at the end before Gage runs out? Uh, so it's the John Wayne Murder, Murdoch, and the old timer Jeff King, and then they have a message, uh, a match, and then Gage's music hits, and then he comes out and he's like, "I'm not even on this show, but I want a match, and I've yeah. heard you're pretty tough, and let's go." And so then you, there's another match, yeah, an unscripted match, yeah, between know. those, which had a which had a bit of a surprise in it in itself, in that. Uh, that John Wayne Murdoch, who had just won a match, yeah. then beat Nick Gage, mm. who was fresh. And Too so, fun. again, your phone dropped out. You like, It yeah. buffered at the exact point where that happened. But that was like... I Gage missed, was I, missed ha- like, I heard uh, For Whom the Bell Tolls come on, yeah. and then uh, my phone dropped out for oh, a good four or five <laughs> minutes. <I> was like, <laughs> Which is about as long as that ran for. But, phone, but yeah. what happens is Gage is on the, on the offensive pretty much like the whole time. There's a little bit of back and forth, but he's like giving it to him and he puts him like through upright chair and stuff. But then just at the, the end part where your phone dropped out there, John Wayne just manages to hit him with like a snap brain buster basically. I, mm. I think that's his finisher, but he, but he just picks him up out of nowhere and then onto an extended chair, like a standard yeah. chair, just... Brain busts him onto it and then pins him out of nowhere. And everybody's just like, what the fuck just happened? All right, so was the chair the right way up or the wrong way up? The right way up. Right way like up. as if you were going to sit on it. Because my phone froze when there was a chair the wrong way up and I was like, that looks like it's going to fucking hurt. 
Mm. And then my phone died. Yeah. And I was like, well, I guess I'll never know how this ends. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he was impaled and died. Yeah, and so, he died. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, that, that's how it ended. But yeah, all right. So uh, before we, all right. So before we move on, because we want to talk about the territories, mm-hmm. heels and faces in independent wrestling. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like it matters. <laughs> Does well, it matter? It, no. It. it, it I, got, it's I, always for the for whatever. So so. So it depends, right? So it depends on. I think. I think historically, like with independent stuff, because there hasn't been like a lot of TV and things like that, or mm. anything to hold any ongoing storyline, yeah. there, there hasn't really need to be. So it's like whoever is needed to fill whatever role. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So for wh- whoever's needed to fulfill whatever role or whatever. Depends on who's getting the push. Exactly. Night, and, and what's happening and ne- needs somebody there, needs a body to fill it, right? But what what is starting to happen now with the rise of independent wrestling TV um is more and more independents are, are getting onto this. They're starting to use the same guys, and then that is sort of leading to, like, like you just said, a new territory system. Mm. Kind of in my eyes, like it used to be back in the old days, where they had you know the Deep South and the WWF and the you know, Stampede Wrestling and all these kind of things. They would, you know, all have their own territories. They would only be in those territories, and then eventually they ended up with an overarching <coughs> champion. From the NWA National Wrestling Alliance, because it's an alliance of all the territories, and he would travel around and sort of put their guy over and defend the title or whatever. Mm. Ric Flair being the greatest of all of those, right? Mm. And so, what is actually starting to happen now is that that is kind of happening again. Like a lot of guys are being used between different things, and they're building it. And what ICW are doing, and I think is probably pretty interesting for a deathmatch promotion. Uh, is start to build their own stars. Mm. And what we we saw in these last couple of shows is wrestling 101, essentially, of like bring in new guy or whatever, use experienced other guy to get them over and give them the rub in mm. some way and build their own guys that are going to be the most popular guys. You see these shows booked and you see Nick Gage, Matt Tremont, you know, Schlack, Tony Deppen, um, Alex Cologne, like all, all these guys are like, you know, the deathmatch elite at the moment. They yeah. then bring in a guy like Akira for his first show, uh, put him against a guy he knows really well apparently, which is Reed Bentley. They have like a barn burner of a match, which mm. goes like really well with some really clever storytelling. And then the next show, they're like, we're putting him against Tremont, like who's like the legend. Mm. And then they're going to have Tremont put him over and like, Akira's a made man now. You know, mm. they can put him with anybody and people are going to be excited to see him because he's young, he's apparently fearless from what I can see. You know, yeah. he, he's very creative. I really like he continues wrestling with a fucking hole in his stomach. That was uh quite severe mm. <laughs> quite severe hole in his stomach. Um and yeah, and just ready to go. And then you we talked about the the feel of that moment where Tremont's got him up, he's gonna put him away with his Patented, you know, Death Valley driver. Akira rolls out of it, manages to roll him up, gets the win over like the bigger opponent in like mm. a convincing way, and then you lead to that cool it scene helps when, when you yeah. do a roll up into fucking shattered glass. Oh yeah, I mean that's table. that's not going to feel great <laughs> <laughs> in any way. Mm. Exactly, makes it a lot more brutal. But like, uh, and I I feel like that was a pretty epic visual. You know, like when Akira wins, he 
crosses his legs and sits in the centre of the ring and mm. then Tremont picks up that steel chair, pops it out and sits down next to him like a yeah. you know a father and son kind of thing and he's like, this guy's the man now. Like there's no more glowing endorsement. Like what Tremont did for him then was wrestling 101, like yeah. build the new guy. And it, it's really cool and I've been, I've been watching it um, kind of unfold and watch them essentially build their new promotion but with their own guys, like mm. slowly. The same with uh, so John Wayne Murdoch. I know he's been around in a bunch of other ones like uh, Southern Underground Pro and stuff. I've heard the name but I never really watched him until these shows. And having him just pull out a win over Nick Gage is like not a small thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Nick Gage was the GCW champion for, I don't know, 700 billion days or something like that. I watched his live defense on day 666 and it was killer. (laughs) (laughs) For 660 fucking fucking days, it was killer. So, yeah, exactly. So it's a big thing. But but that'll that'll come back later when we talk about... uh my question for you about Nick Gage. But well, well, why don't you hit me with that now? Because because you made a, a pretty bold statement earlier that <laughs> may get you shanked in real life one time. So. <laughs> it wasn't a statement. It was a question. It was a question. Okay, it was an yeah, observation. Yeah. It was an observation. Because, okay. uh, like, I, I've seen Nick Gage in, what, four matches now. <laughs> and I think this was the first one where he lost. And uh, lost, oh, I don't know, maybe not even definitively. No, it was, a, it was like a snap the, win. The snap win, but, but it was but a pin. It, it was wasn't a, a roll up like hmm. Tremont's was. Yeah, it, it was, was a, like he was beaten. Yeah. It was a it was a close kind of. It seemed like a close thing. He was on the offensive for most of that match. I uh-huh. think he was winning. Yeah, and it was a fight that he picked as well. Yeah, like exactly. it wasn't a match. He didn't need to be there. He was like, "I want you," kind of thing. I'm gonna fight, and then yeah. lost. So. Which kind of makes my point a little bit more null and void. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking at it and I'm watching him, and he comes out and. Uh, like hyping up the fans, like over like Rover has yeah. like a, oh, it almost seems like a cult following, more than most other wrestlers I've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, all right, this I haven't seen this guy lose yet. Most of his matches, he's like kind of laying down the offensive pretty hard, not even letting the other guy really have space to breathe, which could be his character. But then I'm like sitting there, and I'm like, is he the Hulk Hogan? <gasps> <laughs> no. <laughs> so just think this through before you say these things. <laughs> See, I saw the fear appear in your eyes when you hit that music. So <laughs> I ain't scared. No, I'm saying is I was wondering is he the Hollywood Hulk Hogan? Not so much Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Is he the Hulk Hogan? Of the independent scene, where he just comes in, doesn't take a loss to anyone, fucks everyone real hard, just to be the big man. Him taking a loss in this yeah. show, kind of, you, I was you know like, what? okay, well, maybe not. Yeah, you know what? He's not like yeah. he is. He like like the Hulk Hogan, like the Stone Cold Steve Austin, like the Rock of the independent scene. I'm, or I'm, the not, I'm not saying his character. Oh I'm yeah, no, no. Him as that's a what person. I mean. As a, yeah. as an uh, an icon or whatever in the scene. Like because yes. it is harder. It, it seems harder to tell in the indies how much is the person and how much is the character. Yeah, as yeah. Well. So, so no, he's actually very giving. So yeah. in in GCW, his character. I mean, his character is always the same because his yeah. character is who he is, which is like a real motherfucker. Mm. But in GCW, he's a super dominant heavyweight champion. 
you know, not like a just beat everybody in 10 seconds. He was a workhorse champion that would consistently have matches, deathmatch or otherwise, and maintain that championship. Mm. He only just lost that championship uh, recently um, due to the actions of Ricky Shane Page. Oh, uh, yeah. So he, um, we haven't really watched any of that stuff. I've, so I've seen him in a match uh, very recently. In, the, in that tag match. Yeah, so, yeah. in yeah. the world match. Yeah, exactly. The and, um, show I asked you to watch, but I still haven't finished. <laughs> yeah, uh, I actually I had... Distracted uh, with these shows. I actually had on my list of notes uh, from the world talking points... Mm-hmm. Uh, why is Ricky Shane Page such a big piece of shit? <laughs> <laughs> okay, He's so a- I'll tell you why Ricky Shane Page is a big piece of shit and then that will, don't let me forget to finish this thought. So yeah. what happens is Nick Gage is a super dominant champion, right? Have you lost your headphones? I have again. Just you have going. lost your headphones. I will just keep going as Travis figures this out. Um, so what happens is uh, Nick Gage's super dominant champion has had it for a very long time. Like I said, 666 days, mm-hmm. 766 days, whatever. Like it just keeps on going until he is attacked from behind after a show. Like so he wins. I love you motherfuckers, MDK all motherfucking day. Bang. He's just attacked from behind by a big hooded figure with just like the biggest bundle of tubes you've ever seen. Wastes him. Ricky Shane Page steals the title, spray paints it with RSP Hollywood Hogan style, oh, reveals himself, and everyone's like, oh, fuck, it's RSV, uh, RS, I almost said RSVP. Yeah. RSVPing himself on that ass. Uh, RSP, Ricky Shane Page, former CCW champion, uh, big Japan wrestler. He's been everywhere kind of thing. And he yeah. is deathmatch elite, right? Um, and so he then steals the championship. And so then it's going on for a while where Nick is the champion, but Ricky Shane Page is, like, ducking him. Yes. So (laughs) Travis just pointed to a a document that he's got up here, and it said R44O trying to be NWO, question mark. And I was like, yes, they are. (laughs) But in, like, a good way, I guess. Like, not a we're too sweet, but just in, like, they're referencing it, you know? And so... Uh, then Ricky Shane Page has the championship. He's calling himself the champion and he's ducking Nick Gage. Yeah. And then, so how he manages to get the championship for real is Nick Gage uh, fights this guy named AJ Gray, who's a very talented... Uh, I think I saw him on World. Yeah, he was on World and he, he was wicked on that. He's just shaved his head and looks badass. Um, another shaved head guy. <laughs> he can pull it off though. Um, Sweating. You yeah, shaved yeah, that head. Exactly. I mean, it's gone eh? as soon as. Give me a reason. Um, and so, due to. There's a little bit of interference and stuff because the 44 O guys are getting involved and they're trying to like mess with Nick Gage. He gets distracted. He's fucking them up. AJ manages to beat him. The then Ricky Shane Page comes out after they're gone and challenges AJ Gray because Nick Gage had said, and I don't know, it's a little bit of a loophole, but he had said to uh, to RSP, "You can challenge for the GCW Championship anytime you want. We'll make this real anytime you want." And so then AJ Gray wins it, and he's like, "Hey, I can challenge for this anytime I want." More shenanigans. 
beats him in like one minute or whatever with some fuckery and then takes it. So it's like this hell fucking dirty, underhanded kind of way. way, Yeah, yeah. contrived way to win it. But that's even more heat for him. And like the crowd fucking hate him, man. They're they're wearing Irish pussy shirts. (laughs) They're just chanting Irish pussy. Like he's walking through the crowd and people like flipping him off like to their head. Well, those are the first legit heat I've seen. In, in a long in time, indie, and forty four 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 zero like still have that. There's well, this one, one where they're in, in the in, w- in world when you see that. Did you watch the tag match? Yes, yes, I did. Yeah. When they're just like, look at those big titties. I yeah. know <laughs> <laughs> they they hate him. Hate I was them. like, god damn, they like, absolutely hate him. And they they come through the the crowd and stuff, and dudes just flipping them off. They get in the ring. Yeah. People are throwing shit at them. This one. Uh, Match. I think it was, who was Nick Cage versing? It was in the voltage. He was versing one of them. Anyway, he ends up fucking up all three of like Ricky Shane Page's minions: um, Gregory Iron, Eddie Only, and Atticus Koga. He piles them all on top of each other and like starts throwing chairs on them. And he's like, "Come on!" And then the crowd start oh. throwing the chairs in like old school ECW. Yeah, it's the ECW. They thing. fill the ring, man. It's brutal, eh? Like and like. <laughs> People hate them, mate. Wow. And so it's it's really cool. And so then Nick is kind of so... So he doesn't have the championship in GCW, but everybody knows he's sort of the uncrowned champion. Yeah. And then it's been him trying to get it back, which has been cool because you're taking a guy who's had the title for years. Yeah, and he's back made on him the chase. Look, yeah, but he's back on the chase. But people still want him to have it. That's how, like, over he is, right? But then in... Bloodsport, uh, well, actually, no. So, but two other, a few other big cases of him losing, right? So, there was the last Nick Gage Invitational Tournament, a tournament named after him, not the NGI2 that we've still got to talk about, but like the most recent one, the Fort. He gets knocked out in the first round. He's the champion at the time, mm. beaten in the first round, like just, just knocked yeah. out of his own tournament uh, in Bloodsport. He versus Killer Cross and gets choked out by him in, in their thing. In. No holds Killer blood. Cross related to Carry On Cross. Who's same guy. Up? Same okay. guy. Yeah. So Killer Cross is who he was before he got signed to NXT. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, he, heard he's a beast. He is a beast. He's a beast. I really kind of had wished he hadn't gone to WWE, but he's going to make somebody <laughs> billions of dollars because he's super, yeah. super handsome, super beast, very skilled. Yeah, he's got he's got everything. Um, and by someone you mean Vince McMahon? And by Vince McMahon, <laughs> Triple, and H Triple H. H yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and then, anyway. and then, what's the other one? Oh, and then in the No Holds Barred shows, mm. um, very first match on any of the No Holds Barred shows was Nick Gage versus Tessa Blanchard. Oh shit! And he lost to Tessa. Yeah. So he put he put a, a female wrestler over in the mm. very first match of this series. He then managed to beat Casanova Valentine in a very um, close match, yeah. but it also <laughs> a, a match that broke IWTV. Like I, I tuned in last Sunday and was watching it. Casanova hits his uh, his finishing move, signature move, the text message breakup, the internet crashes, and you can't get back onto <laughs> IWTV. <laughs> and we're like the move that literally broke the internet. Yeah, uh, and then yeah, and then this one, then he he loses to John Wayne Murdoch, who mm. is now a star that. Um, that ICW are pushing. So, I, like, I think he's pretty giving. Yeah. But he is that guy that you can bring him anywhere and, like, you see the crowd are just, like, about his shit. He's not doing the old uh, Hulk Hogan, like, oh, brother, you spiked my neck up. You know, did you ever hear that story with The Undertaker? No. Where he, it was recently revealed, he always used to say that, like, uh, when him and The Undertaker had their big title match at SummerSlam or whatever it was, that The Undertaker spiked him on his head and, you know, gave him some neck issues and all this, you know. 
Turns out it was all bullshit because you see the replay and it's like he's six inches off the floor and he's like, you know, Mark, I didn't, uh, Mark, Mark Calloway, the Undertaker's like, you know, I, I kind of took care of you. I don't, I don't think he's oh, you jarred me, brother, kind of thing. And Mark's like, man, this is some bullshit, hey. And yeah. then, then he's like listening. He was in the other other room and it was basically, you know, him just seeing a young, hungry guy coming up and basically protecting his spot and being like, oh, yeah. Maybe he's not that great, Vince. Maybe he's hurt one of your wrestlers and stuff like so. Trying oh, to slow the Undertaker what down, a dickhead, eh? exactly. But he's old school Carney, which is it's what like, makes him awesome. But yeah, I've heard like that Nick is uh, very encouraging and yeah. uh, and things like that. But I was just cu- I was just curious because uh, that's like coming from the outside. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen four matches where like uh, Effie put up a bit of a fight, and I think was, match, I think you yeah. were saying yeah, he's uh like he was he was saying afterwards or saying that he was pretty impressed. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, who else have I seen him fight? I can't remember. But it's usually fairly one-sided affairs. Yeah, like he's ve- he, he can be very dominant. Oh, yeah, yeah, you watched the Nate Webb match, which I haven't had a chance to yeah. see yet. How was that? Because Nate Webb is, good. is, is um, like a fun dude. He uh, he came back a couple of times, uh, but it was mainly like he'd get a wind and he'd kind of catch Nick Gage and then you kind of have a go for like I don't know, 30 seconds to a minute and then Nick Gage comes back and just kind of goes, no, nah, no more of that. Beats the shit out of him for the next five, and then yeah. he gets another minute or so, and then he kind of next five is Nick, and yeah, yeah, it was a good match, but um, no one went in the river. It's a spoiler for you, unfortunately. I, yeah, I didn't think <laughs> the match where I was up to. I kind of thought maybe we'd be getting to people who'd be willing to go into the river. I'm at the Matt Justice kind of era now, and I'm like, Matt would go in, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I guess they weren't allowed to do that. Yeah, I. I I don't know, it looked like a pretty janky river. But uh, anyway, yeah, so... Well, that's what Tony Deppen said, right? They're like, throw him in the river. Because he's just like, dude, this city's disgusting. You think I want to go in this river? Yeah, that was a good match, <laughs> yeah, I thought. Yeah. Um, was what it? do you think of Tony Deppen, right? Like, um, so- I thought he was cool. Like, I li- I liked that match quite uh-huh. a lot um, in... So we're, we're talking about GCW World. Yeah, <laughs> we're just swapping back to GCW <laughs> we're going off well, on World on GCW, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I liked that match. What was his... Um, who was he up against? Uh, the Iron Demon. Yeah, Shane Mercer, who is Shane wicked, Mercer. right? Yeah, he, he, that was very cool. Um, that guy's a bit of a monster. He's the um, guy that I was telling you about when we were talking about two cup stuff that threw that man like six rows. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I missed that part. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was. I thought that was a cool match. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, pretty believable when Deppen ends up coming out on top. Yeah, um, yeah, I thought it was a, like a cool finish. There's um when you uh, if you want to. Uh, you'll remember from that, um, Violence is Forever, Dominic Garini uh, is another guy that has been getting pushed on these ICW shows. You mentioned you were a fan. Yeah, yeah. And he, so he versus Tony Deppen in part two. And they they had a really cool match. That ends like at the end with him just like having like a wooden board and just slamming it over and over onto Tony Deppen, like just until it was kindling kind of yeah. thing. And then he had. The first death match I'd ever seen Dominic Garini in, on as like the first match is Google. Is Google trying to be a part of this podcast? I don't think it's mine. No, or is it mine? What's going on? Is it you? Oh, is it me? Fuck off, Google. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got we've got Google Assistant humming now, uh, in that like we do our shopping list and stuff with it. But in uh, allowing it more into my life, it now seems to want to interject itself at any particular time. It thinks any word I say. What word in that last sentence sounded like, okay, Google? Oh, I, 
play, we'll play it back uh, <laughs> and we'll see, and back see if it's figure it out. Yeah. He's not. His name isn't Dominic Garugal. <laughs> like, uh, anyway, anyway, and he had a death match on the, on this one as well. So uh, yeah, another guy they're they're like building who who's been in other things and has been tagged but hasn't really been a, a dominant singles guy to my knowledge anyway. All right, so this is a. Uh, I'm going to write that down because there's something I want to come back to. Okay, later. Um, mm-hmm. All right, that all right, and that specifically mm-hmm. is part of my problem with problem. It's just uh, something I was, I was... hate. Yeah, my, my hate with uh, ICW. <laughs> ITW? ICW. Mm-hmm. D- don't even know your name. You're nobody. <laughs> no holds barred. No holds barred. Yeah. Um, all right. So, no, that was kind of my... Like, one of my things where I'm sitting there and I'm like... It didn't seem like there was a lot of storytelling going on in the ring. It's just beat shit out of each other until one guy has physically had enough and is done. Which I guess kind of makes sense, but it's also... There's never really one show-stopping like thing that puts a guy down, like except like at the end, the brain buster onto a chair yeah. or Akira doing a roll-up. Like yep. he's not really like a uh, definitive end to a match. He capitalized on the situation and yep. got the win. Mm-hmm. But everything else, it was kind of like, all right, let's just keep going and keep going until I don't want to get hit by light tubes anymore. Yeah, is exactly. What it seems which is like. which is funny that we we began kind of maybe ripping on. Ryan and Ocean a little bit when we're like two bearded guys, you know, like mm-hmm. Bash and But they kind of had like the most creative ending yeah. to one of those matches yeah. where it was Ref a, stoppage. Yeah. yeah. And I, I know that with this no holes bar stuff, they're they're not really doing it to have like wrestling matches. You know, they're they're putting on fights. Yeah. Um but I think there there are creative ways to to kind of do it, and I, yeah. I thought yeah, Akira and Tremont did that really well. I thought that um, yeah, Eric Ryan and Alex Ocean did that really well. Yeah. Um, and Gage to... and Murdoch, yeah, yeah, Gage and Murdoch. Well, that was even kind of a little bit out of nowhere for my liking. I mean, I get it, but, but yeah, okay, yeah. You get, if you get the surprise finish, then you get the surprise finish. Yeah, these like kinds of things. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because, like I said, or how how. How long has No Holds Barred been around now? Like, so so ICW used to be a thing. Like it used to be a New York independent thing. And then No Holds Barred, this is like its third show since they've rebranded. Yeah. So they did one show and then coronavirus happened. And then now this is them sort of bouncing back and doing these deathmatch drive-in shows due to like um, social distancing laws. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So how big of a gap was there between the last ICW show and then No Holds Barred? I can tell you. Was it like it, did they kind of go away for six months and come back, or is it all the same guys in the promotion? Okay, so hanging around, and then now they're just going. We're just going full steam ahead with death matches. Was was there more kind of ring work and storytelling in ICW before No Holds Barred? Yeah, so they're it just looks finding like their feet with death matching. I I could be wrong because I'm only going off the ICW um, pro, like pay-per-views they've got listed here but the last one that they have listed before no holds barred volume one uh is return to the concrete jungle and that was october 25th 2019 and then no holds barred volume one was january 4th so they had a good two months yeah so they had a couple of months off they might have done like some shows but that's when they like officially sort of rebranded as no holds barred they changed from a normal i think so from my understanding, and I could be, be totally wrong, but I believe Danny D'Amato, who is now the owner, I think he used to have a partner, mm. um, or maybe he still does, but they it was more somebody else's show, yeah. you know? Then Danny 
I think he was maybe doing ICW and GCW, but maybe the turn of that is him leaving GCW to just do ICW and sort of rebranding it in his own image and what he wanted to see. Mm. Um, I think uh, the podcast of The Struggles, who runs the Spotlight Series podcast, who I've talked about before, I think he has something. I, I don't know the full story, but he has something to do with the booking now and the vision of it a little bit too. Okay. He started. He did commentary on the first show, and that was his first commentary, but then I think he's also started to have ideas and have those conversations and actually, help that, with booking. That was one thing. I actually quite liked the commentators. Yes. So the, the guy with the really broad, like, kind of smooth New York accent is The Struggles. Uh, the other guy I, I was not familiar with until these shows. I'm mind-blanking his name, but I thought he did a really good job, and I thought their, their voices uh, played off each other and their dichotomy was kind of... It's dichotomy a word. It probably is. Their dialogue. The yeah, di- their dialogue between each other. Yeah. Well, I was going to say between each other, you know, between the two voices. Like, he's kind of like... Low, smooth, play-by-play, and then mm. he's kind of the more animated colour yeah. kind of commentary. And, yeah, I, th- I think they're a really good team. Mm. Um, so, yeah, and then that's when they kind of rebranded it as, as this. And then when they couldn't do venues anymore, they decided to do the no-holds-barred uh, in the Deathmatch drive-in shows, which is why this car's parked up to the ring and people just tailgating, yeah. basically. Well, maybe that's just something that'll come naturally then as they settle into a rhythm and you get the guys who can act... Who but who can actually tell a story. If the guys get more used to that style of match and telling a story with that type of match, yeah, then maybe. exactly right. And, I mean, we we are also, like, just looking in from the outside and yeah, just exactly. kind of getting to do it. So I'll be really maybe interested to maybe they're not goes. Maybe they're not interested in that and they just want to look brutal. Yeah, exactly. Well, that, well, that would... Go for it. Like, it's, yeah. it's not my wrestling promotion. Do well, we, exactly, do yeah. That, that might just be like, fuck off, Travis. How about that? Yeah. Than five. Cash me outside. Yeah, the deathmatch <laughs> driving. Um, I I was going to say that. Well, is he going to? Don't play it again. I won't play it again. I thought I still had it. I had it queued up, but I don't. So I'm not going to hit you with it again. Lars um, will be coming for us and Nick. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> who's the real? <laughs> who's the real uh, in the force in the independent scene? It's Large or Rich's lawyer. Um, <laughs> Fucking coming for us for, for using 10 seconds of, of, of the song. Um, I was going to say, the other thing that I think maybe why I am sort of enjoying Deathmatch maybe a little bit more than you is due to my live experiences with it. Mm. Like like I said, I was never interested until I happened to accidentally see one, you know, when I went to that thing and it was just like so visceral and impactful and, and such a spectacle that, that I still kind of feel that when I watch it, whereas like for you, it's just on TV, yeah, and it, and it, it's uh, it's blood and it, it's guts and stuff like that. But uh, like if you saw it live, you might feel differently about it because it's like yeah. the pop of the light tubes and the smoke in the air and the just wood shards in your hair, and yeah, yeah, and it's like 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 you see in those, you know, people are drinking beers and they're like right on the ring and it's a party and yeah. you know, and I I think when I watch the GCW shows and the ICW shows, I, I love that vibe too. It reminds me, I used to play in metal bands, so I used to love the small club yeah. shows. You know, I just love underground, gritty culture. Yeah. And so when I see that, I'm like, fuck yeah, I'd love to go to that. It'd be so fun. And I kind of live vicariously through that on the screen and I would love to go to those shows live. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, I can see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's just uh, like you even know? when I was in a band, I mm-hmm. didn't give... I didn't care too much about like the whole scene thing. I was just yeah. like, I want to play music, and yeah, write songs and tinker in the studio. And like the live thing was just like, oh, I guess 
we got to present this music somehow. Yeah, yeah. Live music is how you do it. But mm. I always cared more about the the insular kind of loner stuff. And or I'm a bass player and I don't care anything about exactly. that. And I was <laughs> just there to play shows. <laughs> I was is, there to perform. There <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is probably why your band uh, did pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> My band. Well, no, well, I had guys like you that also um, – Wanted to make music. I just mm. had the benefit of writing their coattails, I think, yeah. is, is quite a thing. And then I used to, I, I guess... Sa- I make what that sound like my band went nowhere. It was, I, I had it. I was put out of the game with an injury. <laughs> yeah, well, I thought you were going to say uh, your other guitarist murdered that guy. Yeah, and then... That, yeah. <laughs> that was before we were a, a band band. See, see you're losing ratings by the second. What you yeah. tell people is our band broke up because the guitarist murdered a guy. <laughs> That is a true story. An, an ex-guitarist <laughs> who left five months in, mm-hmm. and uh, how 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 long after him leaving did the murder take place? Oh. This is becoming a true crime podcast right now. We don't have to say <laughs> names or anything. I don't know. I think it was a year, roughly. So one day after he quit the band, <laughs> he murdered we, somebody. We <laughs> drove him to murder. No. No, he stole your just, car to commit the murder. Just uh, wow. druggies. Yeah. Murdering each other about stuff. And I was like, my drummer called me one day and went, hey, did you did you see this? And I was like, oh, no. And then I had a look at it and I was like, well, that sucks for the guy who got murdered. I'm not surprised. It, it always <laughs> does. Yeah, exactly. And so um, go tell the story. <laughs> Tell the story. It's a good one. It's a, it's a good story. No, no, no names or no, anything, no, but, but just uh, just roughly how it happened. No, track it me blew down. my mind when yeah. you told me this all right, story. So we, all right, so we're at uh, we're at uh, we're kind of studying music all together. Literally at TAFE here in at Perth. TAFE, yeah. yeah. So uh, I also did this course. You yeah. Know that. yeah. Mm-hmm. So Cert three and four, with mm-hmm. Gus and Phil. Yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah. So we're hard just, rock and hounds. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> anyway, so we're sitting there and it was kind of like, all right, I kind of was sitting next to these two guys when we started. Then on the first day they go, all right, everyone form into bands. And I'm like, you're a drummer. You're another guitarist. You mind if I chill with you guys? And, yeah, cool. No worries. Ended up being like the five of us in just one room. And we're like, oh, yeah, everyone seems pretty okay. Uh, the guitarist seems a little bit like kind of more bogan. Mm-hmm. Uh for the American listeners, maybe a bit more hillbilly. <laughs> redneck. A bit more redneck, maybe. Yeah, uh-huh. um, anyway, just who cares, whatever. Um, seemed like a pretty cool guy. Over, so th- this the first half of the, so the, this course lasted six months. Uh, over the course of that six months, uh, like we just started writing more and more technical music. I was on bass initially. I was pissed off because he was, like it's kind of just a bluesy guitar player. Yeah, and uh, so we were you playing bass just because he was a guitarist and there was no yeah. bass player. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, he's probably a better guitarist than me. Mm-hmm. Like he seemed to be initially. I'll just play bass, whatever. I don't uh-huh. care. Uh, the other guitarist was fucking mint, and yeah. I was like, there's no way I'm touching lead. Um, but oh, you can play rhythm, sure. We're kind of writing more technical music. He just kind of ends up being slowly pushed out of the band because he can't actually play what we're playing. Mm-hmm. And not because he's a bad guitarist, just because he was more of a bluesy guy and we were writing more technically, not technically. It just wasn't like, his vibe yeah, and yeah, it just didn't kind work of out. intricate yeah. riffy stuff yeah, anyway. So he right. kind of just gets slowly, not pushed out of the band, but he just kind of slowly drifts goes, away. I'm not keen on this, so I'll go do my own kind of thing. And, and it's also like a TAFE-created band, so exactly. it's not like any of you were like childhood friends. Though. No, yeah, so yeah. he's just kind of like, I'm not really digging this, I'm going to do my own thing. We're like, yeah, cool, whatever. It wasn't even that conversation. It was just like... Oh, what was not, the band name? Did you guys get a name at any uh, point? We were Meet the Sun. 
but that was like that came way later. Yeah, okay. I don't remember what we were called when we started. Um, probably something fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> we had a song called "This Is for Sancho." Because <laughs> we were just like, that's a good time. We were just like, uh, uh, it was like a I don't know Mexican sounding kind of with uh, like marching drums and shit like that. We were okay. Like, this Sancho's, is the Sancho's a Mexican name. Sure, <laughs> we're incredibly racist. racist. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Australia. Yeah. Okay. Also, this anyway, was a long time ago. Anyway. So, so uh, anyway. So we're sitting there. Like naturally, he just kind of like moves away. And uh, over the course of this six months as well, he's he just is telling us stories because we're all just sitting out and you kind of learn more about each other naturally as human beings as you do. And we're kind of listening to these stories and being like, man, this guy's like a bit shadier. Than initially thought, and then more and more stories, and we're like, "No, this guy's a bit of a piece of shit." Okay. Yeah, right. You're like at this stage, you're like, "He's not just a bogan or whatever that you know it's is pretty a bit dodgy. Not- He's actually potentially a criminal, oh, or no, has not been even a criminal, pe- not even potentially like is a criminal, well, yeah, criminal. or has done cr- criminally things, yeah, yeah, done some time in juvie or whatever." And we're like, yeah. "Oh, whatever, like sure, like people and like, change." At, at first, we're like, "Yeah, like first, we're like well, fuck, benefit of the doubt, like." And then, uh, but then, like the way he started telling some of the stories, as I guess he got more comfortable with us and thought people were like thinking it was funny, we're just like, that's not really funny. That's just like fucked up. Yeah. And, and you're then, also uh, like, he's kind of glorifying his stories. Yeah. Not, not like these were terrible mistakes I made when I was a young man. He was like, oh, he's, it was no, he's, sweet he's not when looking, I he's not looking cop, back like, and laughing like kind of about how bad it was. He's just like, oh, fucking cop tasered me. Like, what a dickhead. And we're like, I would daze you if you ran at me with a knife. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was really out of line, that yeah, cop. Yeah, like, yeah, right, so. yeah, sure. Yeah, the cop's the asshole there. Anyway, so more and more. And then uh, we're like kind of sitting there and like he'd, like we'd kind of go into rehearsal after some of these stories out in the main room, walk back in and go, probably a good thing he's not in our band anymore. Eh? <laughs> and then just kind of like, all right, whatever. And then uh, so then he leaves after Cert 3. Um, he doesn't come back for Cert 4. We're all around for Cert 4. Then... Like kind of rolls through to December into the new year. Uh, a few of the guys stick around in TAFE. I kind of just go back to working full time, uh, and we all just kind of go, yeah, we'll keep hanging around as a band. One day, like kind of May June or something, like, I don't know. Uh, the drummer calls me, and I just happen to be like out my locker at work, and I'm like, yo, what's up, man? Like I'm just about to go into work. Anything important? He goes, oh, have you seen the news about X? And I'm like, no. And he just goes. He murdered someone. I was like, "What?" <laughs> not every, what? not every. Sorry, day. what? <laughs> not, yeah. uh, it's not every day you get told that someone you know has murdered another person. No. And uh, so I'm sitting there, I'm like, "Really? Okay." And immediately I was like, "Oh, I guess that's not surprising." Yeah. You, and then uh, like, I can see it. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, anyway, so he's telling me I kind of look it up because there's news articles about it at the time. He's been like they kind of been picked up and they go on a trial. Him and a mate. Went to and his missus went to another guy's house that they all knew and were kind of friends with, had drug money owed between them or something like that. I don't know. They kill this guy mm-hmm. in a fight. Then apparently use a Bunnings Hilux to take him and bury him in the forest. Yeah. So and they have the, so they hire a Ute. They or hire whatever, a GPS tracked Ute to go bury him. <laughs> the guy goes missing. Yeah. They're the last people to see last him. To see and him. here's a handy GPS coordinates of where they've put the body. Basically. Exactly. Yeah. And then I, I honestly, it was weird. Like I just kind of was like, wow, that's like I kind of I think initially when it was kind of like, oh, he's um, they're going to court. Like the court dates are coming up, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, oh fuck, like 
brutal. Like, okay, sure. Like, I guess I know a murderer. Um, didn't think much about it anymore. And then literally every single time I'd pick up a newspaper for the next year, I don't pick up newspapers very often. Every time I did, there'd be a story. I don't think I've ever picked up a newspaper. I've picked it. Like, it'd be when I'm, like, across the road from work, kind yeah. of getting a coffee, and there'd be a newspaper, and I would flick, literally flicked it open to a The young page. boys on the call, like, extra, extra, sir, <laughs> did you see the man? Do you know this guy? <laughs> and you're like, well, yes, oh, yeah, I just, do, actually. Uh, yeah, anyway, flicks over. The, I honestly, like, flipped over a page or two, and then just kind of was like, oh, whatever, and about to, like, just kind of close it back and walk over to stand at the door. Yeah. And I'm like... I recognise that face and it's their sentencing and like he's asked for an appeal and been denied. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Do you know how long he got sentenced for? I don't know. Probably, Probably quite a long time. I'm imagining say. life. Yeah, because okay. uh, the details of the murder, which I read slightly more of uh, like upon, like when I was looking into it and kind of when I first got the call from the drummer, mm-hmm. it was a pretty pretty brutal murder. Yeah, that's uh, pretty brutal. I won't go into uh, repeating details here. Yeah. But... Uh, Probably a very good thing that he's in prison for a long time. Yeah, not nice. Well, anyway, I, I got to say, you got the short straw in TAFE band partners. You know what the uh, drummer from my TAFE band does now? He drums for Avril Lavigne. Oh, so, shit. plays drums for Tom, Tom Morello. He like, is very successful, and I think he's the full time drummer for Filter as well. So, sucks to be you. <laughs> Getting right. Delta Murderer. <laughs> Make a joke about how Avril Lavigne murdered pop punk, but oh, you could uh, argue how the current Avril Lavigne, aka a clone, oh. murdered her own yeah. self. <laughs> I have heard that theory. <laughs> I said that to Chris. I was like, "Do you know if she's the real she's Avril the Lavigne?" Real and he was like, "I think she is." Her brother doesn't seem worried, and I'm like, "What if he's a clone?" And he's like, "Holy fuck!" <laughs> I never considered that. <laughs> If you ever walk into a room and there's a guy who looks real similar to you, just kind of standing next to you, like. Trying to figure out how you stand and walk, yeah. just get real worried real quick. That's it. Yeah, I'm. I by the end of it, I wasn't even sure if it was Chris messaging <laughs> me. So I'm done with him. To be honest, Chris, you're dead to us. Also, it was just his birthday. So if you ever listen to this, Chris, happy birthday, man. We're calling uh, you out, clone boy. Yeah, <laughs> he's a no, very anyway. nice man. So, uh, so moving on from murder. Yeah, we're in true crime now. I know. Come for those charts too. Oh, I think that was a bit of spit. I thought it was something else. I think it was some of your spit that. What I else could it possibly be? I thought it was a bit. Okay, I don't think anybody needs to know about that. <laughs> We're off the road. Club. We're back okay. now. Okay, there we go. All right, bring it back. Okay, so, so anyway, where did we where did we leave off from to jump into murder story? I'm not sure how we've gotten to where we are or where anymore. we're going. So, all right, well, where where we're going was all right. So we've kind of talked about Nick Cage. I I seed my point. Rafe has convinced me that you're not the Hulk Hogan of the Indies. There you go. You're welcome, Nick. (laughs) (laughs) He will never (laughs) listen to this. I can't imagine Nick Gage just like popping in a podcast. Like, I'm sure he doesn't even know what a podcast is. I saw in a QA and a on IWTV, somebody asked him if he would play Animal Crossing with them. And he was like, what the fuck is Animal Crossing? (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, it's a video game where you make a little Nick Gage and you uh, build an island. He's like, Get the fuck out of here with that shit. <laughs> so unimpressed. What I, like. what I did think was funny was um, was when Tremont was like, 
I ain't got time for that hugging shit or anything like that, but this guy's the future. And then yeah. Akira immediately just keeps pulling him in for yeah, hugs. he wants it. He wants it. You would want it. <laughs> and I was it. just yeah. sitting there and I was just like, are you doing this on purpose, Akira? Are yeah. you just messing with him? Uh, I I think uh, Akira knew very well what, like, Tremont was doing mm. for him. Well, that's and what I know. I think he was, like, genuinely – and you could feel it. Like, it was an emotional moment. Like, well, you I could feel it. I uh, texted you when he rolls him up. And he yeah. goes in – he rolls him up for the pin and then they kind of – one, two, three, they kind of fall apart. And you can see him just kind of reach over and grab Fremont's kind of around – like, his ankle and just yeah. kind of give it – Just two, give him a squeeze. Two little squeeze as, a, as thank you. A tender, a tender moment between mm. deathmatch wrestlers. Um Tremont Which, is yeah. one that you asked me if that was his last match, and he he kind of alluded to the fact that he's you know yeah, on, left on the, the way out of the tank, and he's somebody that as I've gone back and watched more of his matches, he was one of those guys, like mm. a really good storyteller. You see in the finals of the uh, NGI Tony Gage Invitational Two. One I'm going to make you watch. Um, in the the final, it's Tremont versus Nick Gage, and there's some really cool storytelling points in that. Yeah, like the stuff where you see kind of Tremont turn and sort of like gather a tube or whatever. And normally that would just be for for guys that are maybe a little less into like the details. Like I mean, wrestlers, they just grab it and then the guy would come and then they throw it at them and that would be the next spot. But you kind of see, like, Tremont grab it and then he sort of looks back and then he waits and then he waits till Nick grabs his shoulder and turns him and then he hits him, you know, like he's playing possum yeah. kind of thing. And, like, he does stuff like that all the time, yeah. which is, like, really cool. For a guy who could just be, well, they call him the bulldozer, like just a big, brutish guy that just beats people up. He's he's very smart and he's a very good talker, as you saw as well. Mm. Like, uh, he cuts really good promos and... Yeah. And stuff, yeah, exactly. He's, a, he's very clever. Um, I haven't listened to his podcast yet, but he's just started a new podcast called Bullshitting with Bulldozer, and I'd like to give it a listen because I think he's very good. He runs his own promotion called H2O as well. Newer, I saw that on uh, IWTV, yeah. Um, that's his new career, is it? He's uh, retiring from wrestling and he's going to do a Stone Cold <laughs> Yeah, well, basically, yeah, he's doing the podcast. He already has, like, a memorabilia shop as well, like, Mm. where he sells all kinds of um, memorabilia from all kinds of wrestlers, and then he also books and owns H2O as well. Yeah, cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, yeah, that was one thing that I was kind of asking you as well, Mm -hmm. Uh, the actual wrestling ability of these guys, because a lot of it is, uh, so you'll go from uh, literally hitting a dude in the face with a tube, which there's no way to kind of do that other than to hit a guy in the face with a tube i suppose you can angle it so the guy kind of tucks his head a little bit hits on top or hits i think akira copped one in the shoulder at one point or yeah. something like that uh but then they'll kind of go in for a punch and it's the weakest looking shit i've seen and the, I'm the, there the and I'm one like, one part the the tremont akira match took a little bit to get going for me mm. i felt like the gears took a bit to kind of get going i wonder whether that was Maybe Tremont, you know, being a bit, a little bit slower and slowing down now. But when they did the bar fight at the start, so they were like chair by chair, chair, by chair. right in front of each other, I didn't really believe the hits. You know, it get, they got better as I they go. Akira, is Akira was because, just hitting him because, for real. Because <laughs> he was also chopping. Yeah, yeah. Whereas chops are like a lot easier to like throw and sell, I guess, than yeah. a punch in the face. Yeah. And like everyone, like, like in uh, Nick Gage as well. Um, uh, Murdoch, so many of them. Like I'm sitting there, and they're literally beating, like hitting each other pretty fucking hard with tubes or mm. tables. Um, and then 
throwing little rabbit punches. And yeah, I'm like, it just there's such a weird disconnect there. They talked they talked about that. that. That was an interesting story point in the Dom Guarini Tony Deppen match in the last one. Mm. They were slapping each other like open palm slaps. So Tony. Uh, gets Greeny on the ground and he's doing these big open hand slaps and the commentators to talked the about yeah to the chest and yeah. to the ribs and and struggles and that were talking about how they're two warriors that respect each other and that a closed fist is a disrespectful action so they would do the yeah, open okay. hand strikes and the things and stuff so I always prefer yeah. that because it's hard to make a punch look good yeah. and if you really hit somebody with it, it can be quite hard which is why you know close palm, you know, close fist strikes are banned in, like, AEW and WWE. Because, like, you can do forearms and stuff and make them look cool and not hurt them. But if you do, like, a punch, it's hard to do it well. Like, you can't... It it kind of protects you because it doesn't look great. You can't build quite as much momentum with a forearm. Coming from my past martial arts experience, Mm -hmm. like, you can hit someone hard with an elbow. It's better to hit someone with an elbow than a fist because you've got a lot of And you can also, like hit flat on somebody with quite a bit yeah. of force, but not like in that neck area and chest area, you're not actually going to like knock them out. Yeah, but know? I think it's easier to uh, make it look I think it's easier to kind of follow through a little bit more yeah. with a forearm. Yeah. It's hard to, like if they if the person you're punching in the face doesn't follow through with their face and doesn't sell it properly, then you literally just have to punch them. Yeah. Like if their face isn't going to move when you touch, then you're literally punching them in the jaw. Yeah. And that's when you start knocking people and out. That, that, that was the, the, the disconnect I felt yeah. like at the start. Also the angle they were filming it at, it kind of exposed it a bit. Later on it kind of swung around behind Tremont and he throws one and Akira kind of sold it really well and it looked really good. Mm. But yeah, I feel like that selling, slowed down the start. Isn't yeah. great either. Some like, anyway, that was that was just one thing I noticed where it's like... Uh, there's not so there's a lot of beating the shit out of each other and a lot of splashes and a lot of this and that mm-hmm. and I was not noticing a lot of like actual kind of selling mm-hmm. and also good throwing of moves yeah yeah mm-hmm. but um but then yeah then but then randomly um I think it was Nick Gage and Webb which you haven't seen yet mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was that match he uh, Gage pulls out a brutal looking DDT yeah. And I just kind of was like, oh, like that was almost a pile drive. Yeah, Gage is like a student of the game. He he like wrestled in Japan and stuff back early in his career. He like can do some really cool stuff as well. Speaking of uh, pile drivers, uh-huh. uh, Bentley versus Akira yeah. with the underhook pile driver. Oh yeah, that was cool. Right? And I was like, God damn, his head looked so close to the match there. And I was like, man, that looks like snug as yeah so damage. so Travis didn't get to watch um, part two of the deathmatch driving but I made him go back and watch the Akira Bentley match just because mm. I felt like you would really enjoy Akira's stuff and also it was interesting to see ICW making a star almost from scratch you know like yeah, Akira two, was two relatively matches. unknown like he was he had done stuff but he wasn't famous he wasn't a star and then over the course of those two things they've made him like yeah. now he's like within what like Two weeks. Yeah, two two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. They had they had the last one last week, and they had this one this week, and they've made a start just like that. Yeah. And, and and I really like think he's he's, he's a great done, choice for it. He's, he's obviously a, done work to to let them know that he would be the kind of guy yeah. that was good at it. You know, I know he like had trained under. Oh, I was saying he was on a podcast. Uh, he was on the Spotlight series the other day, and he was talking about doing a training seminar with Shibata, who is a New Japan wrestler. He's now um kind of retired. He runs their LA dojo now because he got really badly injured. Oh, you think you've mentioned um, him to me before. He, he's a, one of, when we do some <laughs> New Japan spotlights, we're going to, mm. we're going to show you some matches with that. Like the one particularly where he gets injured is one of the best matches ever, but it leads yeah. to him losing his career. Um, but yeah, so, and he's a bit of a student of the game and I, I just liked his, uh, 
outlook on, on matches. You know, he's a smaller guy who is versing the, these big monsters, you know, and he wants to be a warrior in this deathmatch field. But how am I, as a smaller guy, going to beat these guys? That and there's a part where, Goliath. And yeah, exactly. Chip and, chip and, and that psychology is what he, what he applies. So when he's versing Bentley, Bentley runs at him and he could just like throw a drop kick or duck out of the way or whatever. He hits him with a, dro- uh, a drop toe hold, you know. He gets under him and, you know, mm. trips him down. Yeah. To get- the, first ho- the first drop I've seen in yeah. the... Uh, in the deathmatch kind of stuff, exactly, yeah. and he, yeah, and he's using that kind of psychology, and that instantly I was like, oh, this, this my dude and right here, scorpion <laughs> kick, and yeah, that. yeah, exactly, he's like got some got some really cool stuff, so yeah. and like German suplexes, uh, Tremont as well yeah. was really cool, like yeah, he's um yeah, I I think his head's in the right place, and I um, I look forward to seeing what he's got coming because I think he's going to be wicked, and that's why I was like, yeah, go back and watch that because it'll be interesting to see what you thought of that, that two-match span of just building a guy from obscurity to deathmatch yeah. fame. So, yeah, so what so what it's taught me so far, because I was actually going to ask you about, um, I think on my notes for GCW, I was going to ask you what your thoughts were on CC's, CZW. Mm-hmm. But uh, we can come back to that in another well, well, we can touch on it briefly. So I don't have, like, a lot of experience with CZW. I've gone back and watched certain matches, but it's my understanding that it's currently not what it was, yeah? So it used to be run by this guy named Zandig, uh, and he was kind of like a bit of a deathmatch legend. Um, and a lot of these guys, Nick Gage, Joe Janella, RSP, they all used to be there. Mm. Um, but for more political reasons, I guess, he retired and he sold it to this guy named DJ Hyde. And from what I can tell from podcasts and things like that, nobody really likes him mm. at all. Um, and... He so and everyone's kind of jumping ship. Yeah, it? and then and then there was this kind of weird thing. I'll need to to go back and watch it more. But there was this kind of thing where GCW was starting, and Nick Gage had jumped there, and they did this kind of invasion angle where um, Nick Gage and Brett Lauderdale, the owner of GCW, like just rocked up at Cage of Death, like unannounced, um, and just went in the ring. I think I read something about that, yeah. and people like the owner was super pissed. Yeah, about yeah, it they had something. no permission; they just did it. But he's Nick Gage, so nobody ain't going to stop him. I think they said they pitched it, and uh, he said no. So they they just did it anyway. They just did it anyway. Yeah, and they went, oh, well, maybe he'll just run with it. But he didn't. And I think a lot of people are pissed off because they would have been wicked. But Mm -hmm. he was there, and a few of the wrestlers and shit were pissed off, but it's Nick Gage. I imagine being Brett Lauderdale, who's not like a huge intimidating guy or anything. He's not a pro wrestler. And just walking into this, you know, cage of death surrounded by... Wrestlers that work for another guy. Yeah. You're not really supposed to be there, but your backup is Nick Gage. And you'd be like, this is fine. He's the only real motherfucker. <laughs> He'll shank yeah. somebody right now. No one's going to do fuck all. Yeah. Was it the, yeah. was, which podcast was it where I asked if he was a white New Jack? Uh, the, the last one? one? I think it was the first one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But kind of, except for he is uh, not Prob- as reckless. Probably wouldn't actually stab one someone in a match. I... He did even oh, I, I, I was going to say. Not with an actual oh, knife. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, though there is a match uh, where oh, he no. does, <laughs> where him and Slack have a prison rules match, and it starts with Nick Gage literally shanking Slack. Slack gets him away, pulls off his shirt, and he's got uh, phone books taped around his body like prison. <laughs> <But> that's, <laughs> right, so that's a pre-organized, that? yeah, that's a pre-organized yeah, yeah, spot. Exactly. That's cool. Yeah. The uh, That New Jack video from... Um, Fucking uh, dark side of the ring where the guy comes at him a bit hard and he's just like, 
fuck you. Stab, 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 legitimately stab. stabs him up. Yeah, oh. I don't think that's gonna that's gonna happen. Yeah, unless you stabbed him first, and then that's oh, yeah, maybe. maybe you don't want that. All right. Well, all right. So anyway, um, oh yeah. So that was kind of what I was curious about. Um, my yeah. My other question to you was. I hope these guys are getting paid more money than I'm certain they are getting paid <laughs> because otherwise why the fuck are you <laughs> putting yourself through this much damage for like, I don't know. Especially like, in see, a at, country at, that has no health insurance yeah. and no benefits and stuff like that. Because so I love it, I guess. Yeah, at yeah. the moment there's like 40 people around the ring kind of yeah. watching uh-huh. and I'm like, cool, put on a good show for them. But I'm like, man, I, I don't personally understand that mindset, yeah. which surprises me because I always... They'd be making money in merch and stuff as well, like yeah. beyond what their guarantee is and, and stuff yeah. like that. I'm, it surprises me that I, I can't find even myself imagine. kind of yeah. lining up with Cornette and just being like, why would you be like putting so much... Like, why would you be going to such lengths for for so little? But Cause, I mean, because I love it, I guess. Because yeah. I love it. Uh, they wanted to do it. Much like when I think about, oh, man, how fun would it be to be a wrestler and stuff? You, you're not not getting injured, you mm. know? Like, And from what I can understand as well is that deathmatch really, like, it's bloody and stuff. So, probably but it is, safer than it taking is, Exactly. It's yeah. relatively... Honest, yeah. It's... Uh, relatively low impact, so there's there's a high risk there that you could you know get cut open or something bad could happen. But for the most part, there's a lot of them, but it's scrapes and cuts and stuff. Yeah. Versus blowing out an ACL while trying to do a triple moon salt, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that kind of stuff. And I, I think that comes to it sliding like, into a ring and blowing both your quads. <laughs> exa- exactly right. Like uh, jumping off a, a top rope and breaking your leg, Sid style. Like I think, like you're weighing up those risks. Like in professional wrestling, it's a physical thing, and you can get hurt no matter mm. what. And I think these guys are like a they like the medium. B, they like doing it. I, I imagine it's a hell of a rush getting well, smashed are, over the head with a tube or hitting yeah. somebody with the one. The fans do yeah. look way more passionate than like any WWE or AEW fans I've seen yeah, so yeah, far. Exactly. They're pretty rabid and they're driving to the middle of nowhere to yeah. just drink beer and tailgate and, and watch this stuff. So I can definitely see the appeal. Yeah. I wonder whether they get paid more than if they the did like area. a standard match. Yeah, maybe. Not sure. I was just sitting there. I was like, man, there can't be much money in this. Like, these guys, I hope they're getting paid relatively well for the, sh- for the beating they're fucking taking and the amount of stitches they're going to need after this match. Like, I feel like... I, I don't even know. You but know I, f- I feel like they're getting hundreds of dollars for a, <laughs> for a match, you know? And then they do a few matches over a, a weekend and stuff. Like, and if they're bigger, you'd have to think, like... A couple of thousand. A couple yeah. of thousand, you know? If they're the headliner and stuff, obviously a lot more, you know? And then, obviously, the potential, if you get into, like, a WWE and stuff, like, hundreds of thousands, yeah. like, yeah. So millions, like... Yeah. I don't know. I hope, I hope you're being well paid. Yeah. Deathmatch wrestlers. Exactly right. And uh, I hope you guys eventually get healthcare. It reminds me of... um hearing uh, about Greg and Ben from Dillinger. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dillinger Escape Plan, very rowdy metal band. Yes. Hardcore band, really. Mm-hmm. Um, throw themselves around a lot at they shows. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember, I can't remember if it was, I think it was Ben, and he went to a doctor because he, I don't know, he broke something. Went to a doctor, they put him in for a full set of scans. No health insurance in America, and he's in a metal like a very well respected metal band but I don't think it'd be pulling in huge amounts of money being in Dillinger Escape Plan no 
And he's sitting there and his doctor like comes back in with a whole bunch of scans and it's like, serious question, have you ever been in the back of a garbage truck and compressed? Because that's what this looks like. <laughs> oh, no. And I was like, <laughs> man, like, this is coming from an Australian where if we broke an arm, we just go to a hospital and it gets fixed. And I don't know, maybe you pay a couple of hundred bucks to get yeah, admitted exactly. or you something. You pay like but, a premium or whatever or you front something and then Medicare pay it back yeah. or whatever. Yeah, oh, man, it's a... Maybe it's just a Australians not understanding Americans thing, but I was like, fuck me, like these guys are getting cut to shit. And yeah. some of the, the hits, I'm like, man, that's surely going to need some stitches or some staples. Well, Akira did that match. You saw him jump off the roof of an apartment, mm. like through three tables and stuff, one week ago. Yeah. And then have that match with Dream on a yeah, week. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. He was still wearing the pants he wore in that one. They were covered in blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's wild. So, yeah. anyway, all right. Yeah. Well, now that we've finished our main subject oh. at uh, an hour and 12 minutes. Exactly. Do you want to uh, do a last something something? I was going to ask you about uh, uh-huh. Tessa Blanchard herself. Oh, okay. Because um, she's gone from Impact. She is gone from Impact, yeah. Where do you think she should go? Do you have an opinion? Do you care? Because mm-hmm. I've just kind of. Actually, I've been coming back and then I see, like, I, things just pop up now. We've talked about it before. Google knows that I kind of care about wrestling now, so it's spamming every single wrestling story ever at me. Yeah. And I'm sitting there, it's like, Tessa Blanchard has been re- uh, being released from Impact. And I was like, why does that matter? Well, I don't yeah. care. Scroll past the next one. And then it popped up. It's like something else popped up from a different thing. And I was like, oh, maybe this is a bigger story. Had a read of it. First female heavyweight champion mm-hmm. i'm like oh okay interesting and then i was like oh tully blanchard daughter okay mm-hmm. there you go you're like son of the lineage and yeah and i'm like all right cool there so maybe a bit more legit uh read some stuff about how she's possibly a big racist but whatever look we'll move past anyway and it, all <laughs> there's a lot of stuff on on social media about her and opinions about her and things like that i'm not going to get into any of it because i do you ever watch Impact? Or? Oh, I have watched Impact. Yeah. Um, I haven't watched it lately. There was a time where it was available on Foxtel mm. for a while, and I was right into it at that point. And that was in the Matt Hardy kind of era. Oh, yeah. And uh, Miracle Mike Bennett and Drew Galloway and all those guys were all there. And Jeff Hardy was there, and I really liked it. Even when I started low-key was Drew there, Galloway. Samoa Joe was there. Yeah, now Drew, Drew McIntyre. McIntyre yeah. yeah, same guy. Um there's Samoa Joe, another guy I've heard mm-hmm. a lot about. And he's uh, not currently active in WWE. I think he's injured at the moment. But he's, commentator, I think. Or something. I think he's been doing that, but he's mm-hmm. an amazing wrestler. He's one of the best. Um, so, anyway. but but all all her media strife and her personal life and all that kind of stuff aside, I don't know her personally, and I know nothing about it. So, I, I have no opinion on it. Mm-hmm. Um, if she is a rampant racist or anything like that, then she will get what's coming to her and she shouldn't be around people. So hopefully that's not the case. If she's a good person, and there's lots of people that vouch for her as well, regardless, it's not my concern. Uh, As As a a wrestler. As a wrestling fan, she's one of the most credible women's wrestlers that I've seen. Yeah. Like I really enjoy her matches. I think she tells a good story. I think she does great selling. And from what I could see, just from highlights – her road to that Impact World Championship and her rivalry um, with Sammy Callahan was like really cool, mm. from what I can see. And she, yeah, she's a great seller and she's very physically imposing yeah. as well. Like she, she comes off credible and intimidating. Like I said, she had that uh, no holds barred match against Nick Gage. I watched that and I thought that was pretty cool. Mm. 
And so I think she could go anywhere she wants. She was on the first all-in, uh, so the first match oh. that Cody and the Bucks did before AEW existed. Mm. She was in the four-way women's the match. prototype. Yeah. yeah. So it was her, um, Chelsea Green, um, Britt Baker, and I'm going to forget, was it Allie? Maybe it was Allie. Doesn't matter. There was a fourth one there. I'm very sorry, whoever you are, um, for mind blanking right now. It was ages ago, and I have a terrible memory. Very but, sorry for the person who'll never listen to this podcast. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Literally, now I hope I hope you never listen to this podcast. Um, and so, for your sake. Oh, are you, Rebecca, are you bring- Chelsea Green, Madison Rain, and Madison Rain. There you go. Another. That's why it wasn't coming to my head because she has been pretty much with Impact for her most of her career. I okay. imagine. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I've no, not really had much uh, exposure to her. But anyway, um, yeah, I think she could kind of go anywhere. It seems like AEW would be the most likely. Mm. Her dad works there. Yeah. She obviously knows the Bucks um, and, and Cody and all that from her time in All In. She was on the All In press conference and kind of announced the women's match. So she has ties with those guys. So I feel like that would be pretty likely. But she could really go anywhere. Would you like to see her in AEW? Because again, remember, I'm all right. So I'm. Oh, I think I've just watched Dynamite episode three. Uh-huh. So I'm still. I keep I keep slowing you down by making you watch all these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, I'm very far behind. Uh, I've been and I've kind of been seeing just things where people are like, "Oh, Dynamite isn't what it was when it started," and I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Maybe it's just WWE guys salty at AEW. Maybe it's not. Uh, people saying the women's division not anything special would you what do you think she'd be kind of wasted there do you think no. there's good opposition I, I think she's be good you had I, a, I, like was it Hikara Shida yeah yeah Hikara Shida uh, um, is really good I think she could have I've great heard good things about Britt Baker yeah exactly. I think she's um, out on an injury now apparently. she is out on an injury she's doing like a lot of character stuff I kind of hate her but maybe because of the the character work more than anything. And I uh, some of the matches I've seen were a bit sloppy, but she's still relatively new. There's like a really it's big like upside there. A lot of AEW people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's lots. But you know what? I think most, uh, if we're just looking at WWE and at... Uh, well, I suppose where could she go? I suppose she could go like stay She ain't going back to Impact. Yeah, so she could stay independent there. and do uh, all the independent stuff. And go kind of over to Japan. And she then, could go to Japan to stardom and, and things like that. But, but that seems she... unlikely. Yeah, I think would she? So would she go to Ring of Honor? Is there a women's division there? There is, but it's not done well. Slash doesn't exist. So I'm assuming. I say so. Correct me if I'm wrong. The options for her seem to be retire (laughs) and just don't do wrestling anymore, which seems unlikely. There's Mexico where she currently lives with her boyfriend, or maybe even fiance now, Daga, who's a a Mexican Mm. wrestler. How much uh, women's wrestling is there in like AAA and everything? A lot. Well, I, exactly. I literally know one Mexican yeah, uh, yeah. promotion. Triple A, <laughs> CMLL is the, other, the, uh, uh, the main one. AEW connection. Yeah. All yeah. right. So maybe. All right. So maybe she stays in Mexico. Maybe she goes to Japan and stays indie and goes everywhere. Yeah. So if she was going to be Mexico AEW and or so WWE, but yeah. she seems like the kind of person who wouldn't be keen to just do indie runs around. Mm. Like it looks like she seems like if she's the kind of if she's the f- person like the first women as woman to ever have a male usual belt, it seems like she's pretty driven for kind of 
big things. Absolutely. And she wants kind of the Absolutely. best. Would she go to a WWE or so mm. a WWE or an AEW? Would she want to go to a would she want to go elsewhere or do you think she's gonna hit one of those two? I think probably one of those two. If she was gonna stay independent, she could everything would be on the table. So she could do the the Mexican stuff, the Japanese stuff and all the American independence. But I think she'll probably go to a big company. Um I could see the law for WWE in that you could kind of lead up to that, you know, match with Charlotte, who's Ric Flair's daughter, and that's mm. big money matches, that's WrestleMania matches and stuff like that. Yeah. But WWE don't, in my in my opinion, do women's wrestling well. Um, people so I've, I've heard that they they started like kind of like they committed to it real hard with the four horsewomen. Well, they did when Ronda was there. It was definitely uh, a bit more in in the forefront and things like that. So they were getting there, but I mean, I don't think so WWE they, think does pushed, wrestling well. So they pushed it because they had a non-wrestler in yes. kind of just, and she was yes. a big name. So yes. they were like, oh, <laughs> we'll use this non-wrestler to push all our actual good women wrestlers. Absolutely. And that, wow. that non-wrestler That's wanted to be a wrestler. So that worked out perfect along with the time. They were already picking up steam, the women yeah. were. like Because um, I've heard that like NXT, so like um, Bailey, uh, Sasha mm-hmm. Banks. Yeah. Uh, who was the other one? Was it Charlotte Flair and... Charlotte um, Flair and Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch. Like, I've heard that those four have done some amazing shit. Mm-hmm. I've not seen any of it yeah. because I don't, I, don't watch, I don't watch WWE and I don't have access to the archives. Yeah. But uh, I've heard they did really good things. So have they dropped the ball now? I, I don't watch it enough to know. Yeah. But I know that there's nothing really going on there at the moment that has drawn me in. And even though they were giving it more focus... For me, that doesn't necessarily mean they were given good. They were doing better matches, you know. Yeah. The probably the one of the so if best. They, if they can't write stories for the male wrestlers that they've been well, writing stories for for the last however many decades, exactly. And then then your your crown piece in Ronda Rousey leaves like it's going to lose a bit of focus. So they're still doing stuff with them, but yeah, I I I would hope she wouldn't do that. So there would be a little bit of a law there, and I'm sure there'd be some money there for her. But I think AEW's probably more interesting, you know, like fantasy booking, what I would probably want to see if she was going to go to AEW. At the moment, they're sort of playing around with the idea of Tully Blanchard is managing Sean Spears, uh, Arn Anderson is managing uh, Cody Rhodes, mm. they're kind of, and then the Revival have now come in, FTR, they're the, the kind of uh, spiritual predis- uh, successors. successors of the Brain Busters, Arn and Tully. And so it's like, Maybe they're going to form a new four horsemen, and if they do, who who's well, in that them. and can can Tessa find her way into that? I can't remember one of them. Um, one of the actual four horsemen, I think, said his ideal new four horsemen was uh, FTR, mm-hmm. Cody, mm-hmm. and Braun Strowman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm Anderson said that yeah. in, in his podcast. You know which, what mine like, would mine would looking be looking at uh, Braun Strowman. I was kind of like, okay, yeah, I could see that. Braun yeah. Strowman will never leave WWE though. No, no he'd just be there for. He'll be like an attraction, like the Big Show and stuff like that. So he'll never yeah. be there. Um, also, he's made some like pretty sort of kind of dumb remarks about independent wrestling. Like, why would they even just work for a hot dog and do that? Like when it's like <laughs> you just walked in from strongman. Just like the yeah. biggest dude in the world, and just were put into championship That's, matches, you know, about the money. And I'm sure he's worked very hard, and everybody speaks like nicely. He's a fun guy, and things like that. But mm. that's a, a pretty sort of thoughtless remark to make about people who 
spend 20 years, you know, grinding away because they love it. You know, they yeah. don't have the physical the gifts. The same kind of thoughtless remark I made about 15 <laughs> minutes ago. <laughs> exactly right. So you know what I would like to see? Me, fantasy book, fantasy booking, uh, if Tesla was going to come in, I'd like to see the four horsemen be, I'd like to see them form as Cody, FTR and Sean Spears, but then them turn and you think Sean Spears is going to be the fourth, but then it's Tessa, and Sean Ooh. Sean gets ousted, and the four horsemen is a female singles, a male singles, and a tag team, yeah, nice. and then Sean Spears it becomes a face. I feel like he was really good as the perfect ten, and I think he could be like a fun face. Yeah, so he seems uh he's a bit of an odd heel. I suppose he plays into it fairly well, but exactly they've um, already. What was his motivation for his heel turn? Cody, um, Cody called him. Cody Boy, called him a good hand. Good hand or something Good like hands, yeah. Like, so I, I, it was cool when he came in as the uh, chairman. I thought it was yeah. good. And then immediately, they saw, it, it's tough. Like, you can't sort of judge him too harshly because he was doing that sort of comedy heel stuff in a time when there was no crowd. They were just trying to get through. Not everybody could be there. They needed people to play parts. It was corona, you know. Oh, like, no, so. I, haven't, I haven't even got to that oh, part. Yeah, okay, yeah. So yeah. I'm still watching it when he's kind of like... He comes out at, uh, I can't remember if it was Fighter Fest or um, the Revolution. I can't remember which one it was. It's not Revolution. I've seen a few. Yeah. He comes out and he's like, all right, he's now wearing contact lenses. All right. Was he he's wearing contact like, lenses? Like the coloured ones. Who was? Sorry, uh, Sean Spears. Oh, was he? He's got like uh, his weird white eyes. And oh, I, was like, I don't even remember that. And then the that. very next match, or yeah. the very next appearance, they're gone again. And I'm just like, oh, so I guess he's finding his feet. Yeah, figuring, figuring it out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I was yeah. just like, it's just, it just uh, seems odd. One thing, one thing they did in the uh, recent Dynamite as well, like they had on Tully and Sean all sitting in the crowd. They were up in the bleachers. And they were all sort of sitting apart. Like Arn was sort of over here, Tully was over here, and then Sean was sitting three or four rows back. But there was a couple of times when they sort of flicked to him and he just sort of was glaring at Tully, who's supposed to be like his manager because he, mm. he kind of read him the riot act about being a joke and stuff like that. So maybe they're already planting planting seeds, seeds and stuff that that's not all going to go how he wants. And Tony was uh, and Cody in a promo was doing stuff like, he was like, who even knows if there's an elite or a nightmare family anymore? And they're scratching his face with like all four fingers and stuff like that. <laughs> so, you know, hinting at the four horsemen. And that's obviously, you know, he's... The, a group that his dad did battle against for a long time and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I'd like to see it. I think it could be really cool, and I think it's a, a group that was really not used well. In you th- Do you have memories of the Four Horsemen? You're the WCW were, child. I, I remember them being there. I, uh-huh. I remember nothing about them. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, like I didn't. No, it would have been when I was, like, quite young. Yeah. I, I think even when I started watching it, they were not really... I don't think they were as active as they were. They were kind of like the older, yeah. like the old guard kind of thing. Yeah. And then um, they started, they tried to bring in new been, members, but they weren't really good ones. Yeah, and, yeah. they might have been part of the whole Vampiro and the Dark Hunt or the New Blood versus the old. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know about that stuff. Oh, so. man, it was fucking trash. <laughs> <laughs> even as a kid, I was like, man, what the fuck is We're going to have to do some retro reviews. and yeah, like uh, We'll have to go back and find... Um, I know there's a guy on YouTube who goes, who's gone back and reviewing old like pay-per-views and shit uh-huh. like that. I'll have to find one where he tells you about what happens at some of the older WCW ones. Because yeah. All right, so Bischoff... I don't even know if we want to get into this now at, at an hour and <laughs> we'll, 26 in. We'll have a quick t- touch right. on WCW and then we're going to get out of here. All right, so I was coming in later now, like looking back at what happened and everything like that. Um, Bischoff was running the show and running it well. 
He was on as a commentator in the second half because for some reason they had two commentators for the first hour and then another two different commentators for the second hour. And there were fireworks when the hour passed over. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, all right, cool. Apparently it was a big thing because Raw at the time was only an hour show. I, I, think. Th- I think that was, that was like, why. The, two hours. Yeah, and then when they'd hit the second hour, Raw would finish. It'd be like, whoa, get ready. Like, like for so the people that were changing. People yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, uh, I, so I believe, and it all kind of went down over a few months, NW, NWO kind of came along, mm-hmm. did the invasion of the outsiders mm-hmm. where – you, there's no internet, so people literally thought WWF was invading, and yeah. no, and they were using their real names and stuff. Like yeah, he was rocking up as Razor Kevin Ramon, Nash, yeah. but he was still talking like Razor Ramon, yeah, yeah, <laughs> with his hey, Cuban yo. accent. <laughs> yeah. uh, and he's uh, so they're sitting there, and there's always this teasing about the third man, uh, blah 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 blah. Oh, skip forward a few months, Bischoff is revealed to be in league with the NWO, and then from everything I've read since, he, the third man was Hulk. It was Hulk, yeah. yeah it was going to be Sting if Hulk missed a flight yeah, or something yeah, like that. Well, it was Hulk, yeah. So anyway, so anyway, but it goes all the way through. It's Hulk. Uh, Bischoff is in league with him, blah, blah, blah. Everyone seems to point the finger at Bischoff kind of being – he started enjoying being on screen too much. Mm-hmm. So he stopped focusing on other shit. There was other stuff going on behind the screens apparently, like TNT decided that they – they had like management changes and didn't like what was going on and wanted to be more of a family-friendly thing. I don't know, whatever. He got ousted because I think ratings started to decline because he was more focused on being in the NWO and being the talker. Mm-hmm. NWO started running rampant in the, the locker room, taking over everything. Mm-hmm. People pissed off that fucking all these guys are just having whatever they want in terms of like matches and blah, 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 and blah. money. Money, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like So it's all just it, backstage politics apparently got brutal. Yeah. He wasn't f- properly focusing on it all because he's, he's part of the problem. Uh, he, I think, gets ousted. They bring in, I can't remember if they brought in Russo at that point or if they brought in someone else. I think they brought in, like, there was a TNT executive who had worked on a station that broadcast wrestling or some shit like that. It was fucking disaster. Yeah. Anyway, so it gets to a point where they go, we'll bring back Russo and Bischoff co-creative leads or whatever yeah, it was yeah, exactly. and it was a fucking disaster <laughs> as <laughs> yeah. well yeah because i think at that point russo used to be wwe yeah he was like the he, main guy in the attitude era well apparently he kept saying he was the main guy in the attitude area mm-hmm. uh, attitude era and it was all kind of stuff that happened and he was part of it but he wasn't the main guy mm-hmm. and he's marketing himself as that guy mm-hmm. well um, we'll see that that's the thing about wwe even if he was the main guy all final control comes through Vince. Vince, yeah. you know. So Vince so, is the main guy. Yeah, you're you're throwing Vince, him yeah. ideas, and he's working with them and making things work. But what happens when you have full control with nobody looking? Yeah, WCW, the latter years, yeah, <laughs> the, the later years, yeah. yeah. The one co- one nail in the coffin at a time. So anyway, yeah. they. I think Bischoff. I think as he's come out and said in a podcast afterwards, he might be covering his own ass. He's just like, oh, as soon as I came back, I saw the writing on the wall. Like it was done. They were paying people way too much money. They were doing like just stupid shit, organizing weird, like outside from the wrestling world. Like, um, oh, I can't even remember. Like, they were getting just like, like kiss, David Arquette, David Arquette, and, and, yeah, David yeah, Arquette yeah, yeah. and all that kind of crap. And uh, David Arquette himself was like, I don't want the fucking, don't put the title yeah. on me. He's what a the big fuck wrestling fan, but he didn't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, no, 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 it'll be great. And he's like, 
people don't want to see your rest like your main title on a fucking movie star and they're yeah. like no it'll be great people will love it and he's like all right, right. anyway so just ran it into the ground but I, I think the last kind of thing was was a dude called vampiro mm-hmm. who i think is in he might actually be in that mexican promotion you talked about yeah he's he's all over the place with those ones he was the one of the I league commentators on Lucha Underground for yeah, a while. he was yeah. on there. So anyway, so it was him and he had the Dark Carnival and the Juggalos, the Insane Clown Posse were part of it. And fuck. <laughs> <laughs> man, oh man. Uh, so there was a whole bunch of like newer, new, newer people and there were the New Blood. Mm-hmm. And I believe they were the heels and then you had the old guard, or like the old group who were the older WCW people who'd been around for ages and they were like, oh, they're look at them up on their ivory tower. They make all the money. They make blah, 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 blah which is like, a, could be a legit storyline, but I'm pretty sure, and I, I'm, I can't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure they cast those guys as the faces <laughs> and the new guys as the heels. <laughs> like, why would you not do it the other way around and have the underdog story? Yeah. Uh, and anyway, and it just fucking, it was a, fucking mess you got like vampiro and sting having inferno matches and they're up on the top of the screen and then sting disappears and someone who's very clearly not sting comes back and then gets lit on fire and drops off the screen like 40 foot oh man it was a fucking disaster (laughs) even as a kid like i must have been like yeah like 10 years old and i was watching it and i was like what is going on? Yeah. What is this? <laughs> what, is, what is going on? Oh, yeah, we, we're going to have to delve into this because I didn't watch any of that old oh, stuff because I was on the WWF side. I like so watching it, like yeah. WCW because like I remember like the big thing in WCW, the massive thing because I think the writing started kind of uh, like the writing on the wall was from a fair bit back, but then Goldberg arrived and literally carried the <laughs> like most of the WCW on his shoulders for about it. 18 months to two years. Yeah, yeah. It was and just all the streak, the streak, right? The streak yeah. in NWO, and he was like the only face, really, besides DDP, right? And then it was all... Wasn't even the, really a face. Yeah, and he NWO just, had like a million... Uh, yeah. Yeah. He wasn't even like a traditional face. If you look at like what he was doing, he was a heel. He'd yeah. just no-sell people, beat the shit out of them, <laughs> and then <just> be like, <laughs> who's next? And acting like a heel. But uh, I don't know, yeah. It was an interesting time. Oh, we're going to have to find out what happens if you survive. Lars or Nick. One of the two is coming through the door. All right, all right. We'll call it there. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Faces and Feels. Please check us out on Instagram at Faces Feels Cast, Twitter at Faces Feels Cast, or email us any ideas or conversation points or... Uh, I guess cease and desists <laughs> to facesandfeels at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Travis, for being my friend. Uh, and <laughs> thank you to anybody that uh, ever downloads this for the remaining future when I get it online, okay? Uh, and we will see you next time. Peace out. Adios. <laughs>